discovered the podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. Evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a very special evening it is. This is an anniversary day, and a very exciting day for me, especially. Happy anniversary, Rob! I uh, <laughs> <laughs> my anniversary is is the uh, is the awakening of the subject of flying saucers. Is that what you do? Go around talking every day. And- I spend and- my my entire day, twenty four <laughs> hours, talking about this subject because you did. I, I actually believe that. And uh, I had such a, a funny day today in the deli, and uh, I actually started to get some of the, the fellas that uh, are there every morning to uh, accept that uh, I may be telling them uh, the truth. And they uh, they found that pretty uh, interesting that I know so much. And I said, well, you know, my parents taught me how to read early, and uh, reading helped me uh, get into uh, – reading more and uh, I, I encourage people to read all the time because uh you do learn things from reading not just talking well you know it's actually proven that the brain processes information differently from printed paper than it does it processes in a different way from staring at a computer mm-hmm. so and guess which way is better for, <laughs> for higher retention reading and less problems uh, secondary issues that it causes mm, really? like eye strain and mm-hmm. uh, some learning disabilities and uh, what have you. Yeah. So, 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 so tonight uh, we're going to focus on the, uh, the special uh, anniversary date, which this is. And 75 years ago, uh, Kenneth Arnold had this uh, sighting of nine discs flying over the Cascade mountains and it gained such a, uh, a uh, an attention in the newspapers because uh, one of the reporters had asked them uh, how they moved, and uh, he he explained that they move sort of like a uh, a saucer across the water, and it skips. So uh, the term "flying saucer" became uh, a headline in the newspapers. And today is that day. I mean, 20- I can only say that it looks like. That's what they look tend to look like because otherwise, how often are you throwing a saucer across the water? <laughs> right, and 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 also the, the the very fact that you know each episode that I I bring up this uh, majestic twelve uh, briefing paper that's uh, very very important. It, it it happens to mention this very sighting, and I find that very uh, important that the inclusion of the uh, the Kenneth Arnold sighting in the uh, report from the Majestic 12 briefing, this was prepared for Eisenhower. So this took place years after. I mean, the Roswell uh, and Kenneth Arnold sighting took place in 47. The briefing for Eisenhower on the, uh, on the update of the recovery operation took place in 52. 
just just after Eisenhower was uh, brought into uh, the administration. So in the report on the Majestic 12, it, it starts off with uh, the paragraph stating that a civilian pilot flying over the Cascade Mountains in the state of Washington observed nine flying disc-shaped aircraft traveling in formation at a high rate of speed. Although this was not the first known sighting of such objects, it was the first to gain widespread attention in the public media. Hundreds of reports of sightings of similar objects preceded this. Many of these came from highly credible military and civilian sources. These reports resulted in independent efforts by several different elements of the military to ascertain the nature and purpose of these objects in the interests of national defense. A number of attempts to, ultim- uh, to utilize aircraft in efforts to pursue reported disks in flight, public reaction bordered on near hysteric hmm. at times. In spite of these efforts, little of substance was learned about these objects until a local rancher, which is mentioning the Roswell case now, mm-hmm. reported that one of these objects uh, crashed in a remote region of the New Mexico location approximately 75 miles northwest of the Roswell Army Air Field. So the very fact that the majestic uh, briefing for Eisenhower started with the observation of the uh, the disks over uh, the Cascade Mountains really is uh, pretty profound because as a result of that sighting making major headlines and the words flying saucers being broadcast all over the the papers, people started to pay more attention to what was being reported. So more people were citing, citing these objects, more observations were being made. So, um, all, uh, as I say, all hell broke loose when the uh, object, uh, two weeks later, crashed in the New Mexico desert and the retrieval of that object became the, uh, the object of, uh, supreme secrecy. The, uh, Oh, it's just a little tin foil and some sticks. Come on. Yeah. The weather balloon created such a, uh, a problem for them that, uh, they couldn't contain that story, uh, because people weren't buying it and then they had to bring in, uh, more complicated agencies to handle this dilemma. You so know. this document is kind of, it's from the perspective of the problems that the government had covering it up, really. That's yes, kind the, of the angle. it it's, bordered on, mm-hmm. on, on paranoia. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the secrecy uh, uh, that they were uh, concerned with was not only that they could incorporate um, this, this technology, into our technology and use it against our adversaries, uh, but also the the repercussions of it on the the human psyche that uh, we, we were being uh, observed by creatures that do not look or uh, <laughs> represent us. So it would cause a, a big problem. And at that time, after the war, we wanted a little more peace and quiet. 
So uh, the decision to keep this from the American public was overwhelmingly uh, decided by the president. And uh, Truman uh, had to put this under uh, the highest classification at the time. And at that time, the Manhattan Project was the highest uh, classified project. And this this object, this subject became uh, accredited with being two points higher than that. So the secrecy was it was abnormal. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I thought that when I first started getting into the subject, that the uh, the public would be, you know, convinced that uh, it happened and it would happen by gradual, you know, informing the public a little bit at a time. But here we are in the year 2022, and the public is still not being told what the agenda is for these. Yeah, in in 1994, they came out with another explanation, right? I think there had been a couple of books, and people kind of revived uh, talks about the the 74, (laughs) 47 crash. And in 1994, the government came out and said, well, we're going to spill the beans. It's We'll finally tell you, yes, it was a secret operation of weather balloons to detect Russian via, uh, you know, aircraft. Yeah, they upgraded right. it uh, to be called so, yeah, uh, Project you, Mogul. We, we, we do have to tell the truth now by telling you something else that sounds like <clears throat> BS. But they did have a story. They did have a Project Mogul. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was which was to monitor Soviet detonations and in, in the uh, in right. the atmosphere, so they 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 unveiled a a, a classified um, project, but didn't mean it didn't match the the, the substance <laughs> of the information concerning this this thing that, that landed in Mexico. They tried to they then they said okay finally we settled this issue. Yeah, I mean uh, Jesse Marcel uh, Senior, who was interviewed. Uh, in his later uh, life, swore that whatever he had his hands on was not anything from this planet. Mm -hmm. And he felt that uh, to to go along with the secrecy was in the best interest of, uh, you know, the United States at the time. So, you know, it's an interesting point you made about the war. You know, being right after the war, where you're you're becoming the you're the dominating force in the world. We lost fifty to hundred million people during this period of time, yeah. and so the the consequences of, of exiting that period of turmoil and then to be faced with some unknown uh, problem uh, that wasn't confirmed uh, yet, and yet the the obs- observations of these objects. Were, were highly uh, continual. In other words, mm-hmm. the, 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 these objects were not landing and, and, and trying to shake hands with American politicians. They were observing our actions. And over the years, books have been written about those observations, and they seem to be interested in our nuclear capabilities. The very fact that the Roswell case took place in such proximity to the area where atomic weapons were being prepared to be dropped on Hiroshima right. at the uh, Roswell Army Air Base, which was uh, the, the, the area where the Enola Gay was stationed. So the, the books that I have come across have mentioned that the 
the Enola Gay was paced to its destination by these objects. They didn't know what these objects were. They, at that time, they probably thought that they were, you know, the enemy. You mentioned uh, that the aircraft weren't landing and meeting with leaders, but were observing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's according to certain people's accounts uh, in interviews. In the, because mm-hmm. I, I always wondered about that. Like, you know, is that going to be their next trick today to say, well, only Congress has been secretly having these meetings and, you know, we're going to eliminate half of the population of the earth and we're going to live like this because the aliens said we have to, but only, only we are in touch with them or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you. You have to imagine that the most powerful people in the world would want to be in touch, mm-hmm. or they risk losing control too. Which is that? Am I saying that that's the government? I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying who the most powerful people in the world. Some of them might are probably government people. <laughs> to to repeat the the last sentence in the paragraph uh, concerning the uh, Kenneth Arnold sighting. It says, and I'll repeat it, public reaction bordered on near hysteria at times. And uh, when, I, when I read forward and the, I get to the last page of the Majestic 12 document, after a, a visual examination of this document, I have come to a conclusion that uh, someone who would try to hoax a document like this would have a very hard time knowing who to put in this in this document. If they were to try to phony uh, this thing up by just naming people randomly, that would be very difficult, especially in the in the fact that the individuals that are listed in this document had the highest clearance highest clearance levels in the United States. So a hoaxer would not know that, and he, they would not know who to put on this list because they wouldn't know that they wouldn't know their their uh, their clearance levels. And uh, it's virtually certain, according to this document. So, you, so you mean like a hoaxer couldn't have like had like got direct access to this these people that are swathed across so many different industries and organizations and what have you. Mm -hmm. And and it was secret anyway. How would they know? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Dr. Vannevar Bush was the the head of the Manhattan Project. I mean, the the, the most highest classified subject at the time during the war. And 50,000 people, uh, according to uh, what I've come across, worked on that uh, operation to create the uh, the detonation that would follow and it and it ended the war. We we didn't really want to do it. There was a lot of uh, debate about whether it was uh, you know yeah. the right thing to do, but uh, apparently the military decided that uh, that was the way it was going to go and uh, they did surrender and they saw discs. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. So 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 flying, you were you were we were talking earlier before the we started the podcast today, but the the fly, the difference between um, saucer and disc, mm-hmm. like you know, a disc is a word that people know what it is, but then uh, what flying saucer, where did that come from? 
Like we know this came where, where that came came in because we just mentioned because the various photos that have been taken mm -hmm. of these objects, whether they be on yeah. radar or whether they be visual uh, sighting, uh, they've been shown to have this this kind of appearance to be circular and uh, like two two pie plates upside down facing yeah. each other. And uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen uh, recreations of this in the military where they've actually built stuff that look just like that and trying to fly it with using fans to, uh, to lift this uh, item. Uh, this was uh, during the 50s and 60s. They had this uh, project going, but uh, it would never, it never went anywhere. It just couldn't get the same speed as, as these objects that have been noted to see, to be. So, uh, continuing on with this, uh, well, well, both of them at, at least, you know, gave, uh, sorry, but they ga ga gave a visual to the general public of what type of shape they were seeing. Mm -hmm. mm. And to keep their eye on it. So, I mean, the, the pilots started to see them more because they were not, not ignoring what they were seeing because they were, they were made aware that something was flying around up there. And I've come across various, uh, statements from military generals, uh, authenticating that these things were not imaginary and that there's actually things flying around up there. And uh, at that one point, uh, there was uh, orders given to shoot these things down. And there's a mention of it in the Majestic 12 document itself, that there were efforts to pursue these disks in flight. And military action may have been rep uh, responsible for the... Uh, you know, for the ending of one of these craft. Uh, next week, we're going to discuss the uh, the beginning of the uh, Roswell story because that's the that's the next big topic we're going to cover, and that is the beginning of the real problem that the government had. They thought they had a problem with just the fact that these things were being you know spotted flying around, but now that they were coming closer and making contact with uh, Earth. I mean, uh, they were definitely interested in something. They wouldn't have come here just to, to buy uh, some Gatorade at the deli, you know. There's something that brought them here. And whether it be our weaponry and our detonations of atomic weaponry that created some kind of uh, disturbance in the, uh, in the galaxy, uh, who knows? I mean, we're not... Uh, we're not that knowledgeable about science and uh, astronomy, but uh, you know everything that's in rotation in our uh, solar system has been in that position for a long time. And here we are detonating weaponry that could uh, disable the yeah, orbits, offset the balance, offset the balance because the weaponry has increased. The the weaponry that was used in Hiroshima. Uh, compared to the stuff that we have today, <laughs> it's like comparing a firecracker to a uh, an atomic uh, uh, weapon. You know, I mean, it, the difference is very big. So uh, you can imagine the, the psychological difference, though, of a crashed vehicle first, but also a beam. Like it's one thing for these things to be buzzing around, hovering around. Oh, you think you saw something? It was gone. We never actually see anybody. You know, or hear you know, don't hear anything since they're silent. I don't know, but then oh, we have a visitor from afar who was recovered in this 
uh, flying disc, which crashed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just think for your own psycho, so, the psychological, the psycho- yeah, the psychological, the, like, yeah, it's like, as long as they're hovering up there, you're not, you know, not so worried about it. But the minute there's one here on earth, <laughs> it's just and, and the, the so fact that, so that they had to tighten up even more. Yeah. The secrecy obviously. got more, more tight, uh, in on, it's, it's not a problem in repeating the, uh, the significance of the operation to recover this stuff and get it under observation in secrecy as soon as possible. And it says that right here on the third paragraph on July 7th, 1947, a secret operation was begun to assure the recovery of the wreckage of this object for scientific study. During the course of this operation, aerial reconnaissance discovered that four small human-like beings had apparently ejected from the craft at some point before it exploded. These had fallen to earth about two miles east of the wreckage site. All four were dead and badly decomposed due to action by predators and exposure to the elements during the approximately one-week time period which had elapsed before their discovery. A special scientific team took charge of removing these bodies for study. See attachment C. (laughs) (laughs) Wish we had that. The wreckage of the craft was also removed to several different locations. See attachment B. Civilian and military witnesses in the area were debriefed, and news reporters were given the effective cover story that the object had been a misguided weather research balloon. Ha, ha, ha. Another lie. (laughs) So, thus begun. So, basically, uh, they're not telling Eisenhower the truth, depending on what you believe, of course. Well, no, Eisen, actually, Eisenhower was briefed on this. But I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but, but by saying that it was a weather balloon. Yeah, he was told the whole story. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been curious all these years at wh- how did, who released this document? Did it come from the Eisenhower family? Did it come from someone that was mentioned mm-hmm. on this list? Because somebody very high in the government had to have access to this this paper and took pictures of it and then uh, secured it to a uh, investigator in this in this field so uh, like I like I said when I first read this document I immediately knew before it was even verified by anybody that this sounded very true because the information is very difficult to consolidate into four pages this subject is gone. This subject in these four pages yeah. goes through the whole operation from oh. the beginning all the way to the operation of it's concealing a, it's a it. Very concise summary. I wish we had those appendixes. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> last paragraph that I that I mentioned on a uh, an interview that I had on television, I, I always repeat it. I, I've read this paragraph a thousand times, and it's it still it still blows my mind because the use of the word and the employment of the words national security 
gives the it gives our government the ability to uh, protect us. And the fact that this last paragraph implies that, and it starts off with implications for the national security are continuing importance in that the motives and ultimate intentions of these visitors remain completely unknown. In addition, a significant upsurge in the surveillance activity of these craft beginning in May and continuing through the autumn of this year has caused considerable concern that new developments may be imminent. It is for these reasons, as well as obvious international and technical considerations, that the ultimate need to avoid a public panic at all costs, that the Majestic 12 group remains of the unanimous opinion that imposition of the strictest security precautions should continue without interruption into the new administration. It is at the same time contingency plan MJ1947, top secret, eyes only should be held in continued readiness should the need to make a public announcement present itself. I rest my case. Is there any greater need to keep this from the public's uh, reality mm. other than to say that, well, we got these creatures that are inside these craft. Like my partner said, it's one thing to say, oh, these things are flying around, but then we find out that there's occupants on, on board. And uh, I'll, I'll get into that on uh, Project Aquarius. But that, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been freaked out ever since we did that part on Carl Sagan and what he what he said about the, the <laughs> minute chances that they would be very much like us. <laughs> like just that the probability is extremely like extremely highly low. unlikely. Yeah, yeah. like like infinitesimally small. See, uh, the, uh, in, in closing for to, for tonight's episode, I, I just want to reflect on 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 things that the, the people have discussed with me and saying, "Well, aliens have been here for thousands of years." You know, I says, "Yes, maybe, but the ones that put us here looked like you and I, the creatures that that were discovered at the Roswell crash, didn't look like us at all. So they came from some other." galaxy some other solar system which proves that there is life out there and we are not alone you know uh, giagiano bruno was burned at the stake in 14th century advocating this to the catholic church mm -hmm. that there was life on other planets and and they and they burned him at the stake for not for not retracting his uh, statements you know it, it's it's really uh sad that um well, that's happened in a lot of cases, though. You know, well, the, the, people think you're crazy because you th you have a new idea. Sometimes, I mean, even today, look what's going on. In our, you know, yeah. it's like we can't even sit down and have a conversation with people that believe opposite of us, and that's tragic and sad. And it should not it should not remain that way at all. Because mm -hmm. that's every. I mean, you can't be a scientist and support that. Come on, it's all about discussion and. Con you know, what your take on it is versus other people's and corroborating each other's uh, theories and then 
having a theory and testing it and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why not have a discussion? If it's a political discussion, mm-hmm. you know, those tend to get a little thorny pretty fast, right? Even if it's in your family, I realize. But, you know, try to remember that um, it's better if we get along than fight with each other. Because when we fight with each other, there's no candy left in the candy store. They steal it all. Mm-hmm. Just try to remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the fact that that you know we, we we occupy a a planet, you know, we we always say, oh, it's such a nice place, you know. Let's go to Mars, you know. What's wrong with this place? You know, Mars doesn't look very inviting. You know, they don't have any palm trees there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any lakes and uh, waterfalls. You know, I I don't want to go to to a planet that that that's less barren than. Uh, in my neighborhood. <laughs> so uh, I'll stay here. You can go there Absolutely. and I'll stay here. There's a lot more things to do here. And uh, and probably just as much we can figure out about what's out there mm-hmm. by looking in our earth and what happened previously on this planet. Yeah, we we, we misinterpret uh, constantly the uh, the changes that, that we go through in, in this uh, age of technology that we're in. And uh, we underestimate our ability of where we're going to be in a, in a short period of time. We've come so far, and yet we have so far to go. And uh, these these uh, these civilizations that are definitely out there on different planets somewhere out in space have been, you know, going going through different things. Some have been living on planets that are ready for oblivion maybe they're going to be smacked by a, a comet for some reason and they have to get ready to move you know like anybody else would want to move away from a dangerous place uh there's there's many many reasons why these creatures could be here they could be here to put us on the plate for dinner they could be putting us under observation because um they don't like what we're doing with these uh, atomic weapons and that uh, they want to figure out how we can uh, stop maybe playing with them ourselves and live peacefully. Maybe they're, they're not benevolent. Maybe they're not uh, here for uh, any negative actions. Maybe they're here to uh, be part of a, a community, but we're uh, in a, in an observation point of view that we can't communicate with them they maybe they they communicate through telepathy i mean there's all kinds of possibilities I, i've discussed i've discussed all these possibilities of where where different civilizations could have no use for american language maybe their their communication is through symbols like the like the asian uh, the asian uh, symbols that he used the hieroglyphics of the Egyptians. Well, by the way, I, I got to get back up on my current topics. You know, we let last week slip by because I'm, I'm so busy with my move right now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get on a regular track on these because we do appreciate the listening audience out there. It's been growing little by little and steady as can be. And it just keeps going. And we want to say thank you to everybody. We're going to continue to bring you the truth. But, um, but one of the things that I read just this week was that China had uh, some scientists in China had posted about um, hearing sounds and some type of sounds or music or weird sounds that they detected in outer space. 
and th- it was posted on the government website and then taken down, but not before it was copied. <laughs> yeah, and then they said that there was a, it was just a interference, radio interference. Yeah, they said, well, it could very well, yes, it could be. They have to, ru- it's going to take longer to figure out if there's anything to it. But at first they were excited about it when they made their initial posting. And I'm sure that three people are like at the bottom of a prison somewhere now. <laughs> and their careers are over probably. But uh, we want to thank you for listening. And so the uh, music could be the way to. I just wanted to add the music part. <laughs> oh, the music, yeah, definitely. We will speak to next week, and we will cover the Roswell case. And here's some original music, by the way, for our podcast that you probably, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. But it also has the pilots talking in there. Oh, yeah, we like yeah. that sort of thing. I like that. Thing. Take cool. care, everybody. We'll see you very soon. See you next week. Take care.